Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Roy's Magic Bat by Andrew Dembski. Roy was as skinny as the radio antenna he'd just broken off his mother's car. What are the chances of that happening again? Roy cried, more amazed than repentant. We all stared at the antenna, a broken silver thing, like the snapped stem of a flower. You've never hit a ball like that in your life, I exclaimed. I didn't think you could hit the side of a barn, Rocky, Roy's younger brother said, amazed nearly to the point of reverence. That brilliant September afternoon, we were warming up our baseball skills at Roy and Rocky's house. I had just underhanded a pitch, and Roy swung and missed. Rocky had tossed the ball back and razzed his brother. If you get this next one, I'll do your homework for a week. Ha, ha, ha. Then the impossible happened. I sloped the ball in a long curve, and Roy swung. Hearing an unexpected crack, I ducked and felt the ball swish by my head. Roy shrieked, and I saw his face grimace. Then I saw both him and Rocky go speechless for a second, staring dumbfounded at something behind me. When I turned around, there was the antenna hanging broken. We didn't even worry about where the ball had landed. We stood around the car whistling, shaking our heads and kicking the tires. Roy felt that this moment marked a turning point in his baseball career. This means something, he said. Means your mom is going to tan your hide, I said darkly. No, he contradicted. This means I'm going to tear it up at the World Series. Of course, he didn't mean the World Series. He meant the baseball game we played every year at the fall picnic. Parents were there. Everyone ate lots of potato salad, corn chips, and burnt hot dogs. People we'd never seen in our lives toured through the school and looked at all our dorky paintings from art class. The day ended with a baseball game that we were finally old enough to play in this year. We were going to play the eighth graders. They called us puffballs, and that set our teeth on edge. Roy wanted more than anything to play first base in this game of games, but he knew he couldn't do that. Darren Lever was the best on the team, and short of a fatal accident, Darren would play first. Roy's only hope was to play the outfield. That was already settled. But, Roy said, with this bat, I could really knock some homers. He had that look in his tiny, coal-black eyes. I'd seen it before, and it usually meant weird things were soon to follow. He looked his old wooden bat up and down. Nearly everyone else at school used aluminum bats, but Roy and Rocky didn't have the money for a new one. They used the old Louisville Slugger. Their names were burned into its grain on the sides. If this thing can hit a ball like that, Roy said, imagine what it'd do if I spiffed it up a little. Oh, no, Rocky groaned. Leave the bat alone. You just got lucky. Remember, you owe me a week's worth of homework now, Roy said suddenly. I do not. We had a deal. You said, I had my fingers crossed. You did not, you snake. I did too. Rocky demonstrated by holding one hand behind his back. Had them crossed. That seemed to settle the matter of the homework. What are you going to do to your bat, I asked. Well, the way I hear it, Roy said, almost like he was preaching a sermon, if the bat is made of your heavier wood, then it hits the ball harder, makes it go farther. There's scientific principles involved. So I figured I can't make me a bat, but there's ways I can make the bat I got heavier. Like how? Rocky asked suspiciously. Like I don't know, Roy replied honestly, but there's more than one way to skin a cat. Just then, Roy's mother came out on the front porch and saw the damaged antenna. She frowned. 
I whispered to Rocky, I don't think it's the cat who's going to get skinned. Two afternoons later, I was at the school with my parents, showing them around my classroom. For once, my desk was clean. The air was filled with the yellow smoke from the burning hot dogs outside. And signs everywhere welcomed people to the fall picnic. I had already forgotten about Roy's secret scheme to make his bat heavier. You had to know Roy. He came up with these kinds of ideas every day of the year. After eating and showing off my watercolors from art class, I went outside to find Roy and Rocky. I found them bent over an old leather suitcase. What's in there? I asked. Roy glared at me and put his fingers to his lips. It's his stupid bat, Rocky said. He can't even lift the thing. Rocky, so help me. Roy's face flared up red. Rocky turned and rolled his eyes. I squatted down and watched as Roy pulled the bat, with much effort, out of the carrying case. He looked both ways. Feel this. I lifted the bat. It felt like it weighed 50 pounds. What did you do? Roy smiled. Looky here. He pointed to the top of the bat where it was thickest. All I could see was a gray circle of cement that hadn't been there before. What's that? I hollowed out the center with my dad's drill, Roy explained. Then I filled it up with stuff. Like what? Oh, like rocks and nails and chunks of lead and a couple pennies for good luck. Then I filled it all up with some cement. Cement, I explained. Shh. Rocky knelt down. Of course he broke it once. Yeah, okay, I broke it, but I glued it back together. It's perfectly okay. Just look at it. I nodded. It looked fine. Someone called, announcing the beginning of the game. A crowd gathered, and all the opening ceremonies took place. Our team was first up to bat. Roy was so happy that he could hardly contain himself. I told him this wasn't very honest, but he didn't pay any attention, Rocky whispered. When it was my turn to bat, I managed to hit one just over the shortstop's head and made it to first base. As I turned around, there was Roy and his magic bat. I could tell this was his big moment, but he seemed to be having a really hard time. The bat was so heavy he couldn't hold it at arm's length to test his swing, so he rested it on his shoulder and waited for the ball. Roy was so skinny that the weight of the bat seemed to bend him backward. The first ball came by, and Roy just stood stock still. Ball one, the umpire called. I knew Roy well enough to realize he was trying to save his strength for the right pitch. The next ball came by. Roy didn't move. Strike! From the crowd came various complaining noises. The eighth-grade pitcher eyed Roy, unsure now what he was up to. The ball arched high and landed just behind the plate. Strike two, the ump called out. Now the crowd was growing restless, and there were a few scattered boos. I felt embarrassed for him. Roy shifted back and forth, readying himself for what he knew would be the biggest slug of his life. He squinted into the afternoon sun, daring the pitcher, daring him to give him a good pitch. The ball went up, 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 and came down. I saw the muscles in Roy's shoulder tense, and then the bat came off his shoulder and made a wide, wild circle around to meet the ball. The ball hit the plate, but the bat kept going. Roy held on to it, but that leaded bat would not stop swinging. It kept on going, taking skinny little Roy with it in a circle, lifting him off the ground and dropping him on the foul line. The crowd was silent for a moment until Roy got up with the white chalk from the foul line running the length of his body. Roy's father seemed to be the only person to catch on to what had happened. He walked out onto the field and picked up Roy with his left arm and the bat with his right 
testing its unusual weight, and took them both home. I was never really sure what happened to the bat at home. Roy wouldn't talk about it. When I asked Rocky, he just laughed. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.